Hello and welcome again to the City Club of Cleveland and Public Square. As Dan said, I'm Rick Jackson, senior host and producer at IdeaStream Public Media, maybe the largest of the nonprofit newsrooms. It's Tuesday, the 19th of July, and it's my pleasure to introduce the final forum in a four-part series here in Public Square, where this time we're talking about two new nonprofit journalism initiatives. Now, print media, as we know, plays an essential role in upholding democracy and connecting communities. It's long been considered a public good. Yet across our entire nation, local newsrooms have become skeletons of what they once were. Many cities in Ohio are now declared news deserts, left vulnerable to negative trends like low voter turnout, misinformation, and a reduced ability to hold influential people accountable. Add to this once plentiful jobs in journalism, harder and harder and harder to find. Yet Cleveland has turned out to be a surprising laboratory for nonprofit media enterprises. Several years ago, City Bureau opened Cleveland Documenters, which hires citizens to document public meetings. They post notes to Twitter in real time. Just this year now, two more newsrooms are joining the ranks here in Cleveland. The American Journalism Project launched the Ohio Local News Initiative, and the Marshall Project opened its first geographically-based newsroom focusing on the criminal justice system. Today, we'll discuss how these two efforts aim to serve our communities in ways that are really fundamentally different than traditional news organizations. So let me introduce these good people up here. Next to me is Jim Crutchfield, the editor-in-chief for the Marshall Project. Applause, there you go. <laughs> Jim's an accomplished journalist. He's led newsrooms across the country as both an editor and publisher, served as press secretary for the late U.S. Senator Carl Levin, and most recently was the president and publisher of the Akron Beacon Journal. Also with us, Lila Mills. I'll pause for applause. <laughs> Editor-in-chief for the Ohio Local News Initiative, a network of independent, community-led, nonprofit newsrooms. It's backed by a coalition of Ohio organizations, community leaders, and the American Journalism Project. Lila served more than seven years as Associate Director for Neighborhood Connections, giving her a deep connection to Cleveland neighborhoods, experience in community building, and, of course, journalism. Now, if you do have questions for our panelists, and since there's so many journalists in the audience, I know you do, you can text them to 330-541-5794. 330-541-5794. You can also tweet them at the City Club. Staff will try to work them into the second half of our program. So members and friends of the City Club of Cleveland, one more time, join me in welcoming Lila Mills and Jim Crutchfield. Jim, let's start with the easy one. Why does it matter that we don't have coverage of our communities the way we once have? What have we lost? You know, Whoa. Uh, you don't know what we've lost. We don't know what, what, what we've lost uh, uh, because you don't hear it anymore. Uh, you don't read it anymore. And, uh, and so uh, we need a new model for how to do the same thing or the same thing or something better. Uh, so that's, that's in, a, in a nutshell, why I think we need a new kind of journalism, usually often nonprofit journalism, for a good reason. But Same question. I mean, I think what we've lost is there's a disconnect, and I think that's why you see nonprofit news models from ours or for what Lee's doing with the land, to try to make news relevant in many ways to people. I think people have found, as, as the industry has been shrinking, they've found new ways to get news and information they need. And I think for us, the work that we're going to do at the initiative is really around um, 
taking that disconnect between news and information and what feels relevant to people and, and closing that gap so that people are getting the news and information that they need to go about their daily lives. And I think that's what we've really, really lost. For people who only heard my 90-second intro or maybe heard us on The Sound of Ideas a couple of months ago or read it in The Plain Dealer, talk about what the organization's going to look like. So the Ohio Local News Initiative is just the name for now. It's a placeholder name. But the vision is for it to become a network of local newsrooms around the state. We're starting in Cleveland. So the Cleveland Newsroom will launch later this year. Um, we expect about October. And we will have um, community and, and news working together. I often talk about flipping the model. So instead of, right now we have um, a couple of our editors in the audience, Lawrence Caswell and Rachel DeSalle. We have Mark Namick, who's going to be one of our editors. So instead of the four of us sitting down and deciding what's the news of the day, we're really flipping that model and trying to get in conversation with community from the very beginning. So even from story idea to um, iteration, question development, format, because we're going to be able to publish in, in multiple formats, what format makes the most sense, to publication, we want to really be weaving in community in that process. And again, that gets back to making sure that what we're producing feels authentic and relevant to people. Before I ask Jim, you talk about the idea of using community journalists, and then you trot out Lawrence, Rachel, and Mark. You're, you're starting at the top of the heap there. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's very unique. And I mean, and this is why I, what we're doing is additive to this ecosystem. It's not um, trying to take the place of something that already exists. So Lee spoke before about you know, training and talked about Ron Calhoun, training residents to do reporting. What we're talking about is a little bit of, of a shift of that. And we've talked to Lee about you know, having the land be kind of a training partner for us. We're really talking about you know, Lawrence particularly, not to put the spotlight on you, Lawrence, but Lawrence will really be leading our community building work. So that in our newsroom, we'll have at least one monthly gathering that will be open to the community. Anybody can come in. And it will be really well facilitated. That's what Lawrence is really strong at. And so we'll, that helps us be in conversation with the community. Rachel has really piloted this model as part of the Cleveland Documenter's work in which if there's a story idea, she is immediately going and hosting office hours, inviting people to come into the room, and then beginning to develop the story in conversation. So we will definitely be working with documenters who are residents who are trained to document public meetings and do other special assignments. And we'll also be doing this other, other realm of community building work at the same time. And they have that basis. I'm trying to think which of them I've known longest, but I've known all of them at least 15 years. So, so <laughs> Jim, talk to us about what is a very different way of looking at things. You're focused on criminal justice. Uh, before I talk about criminal justice a little bit, uh, let me say one thing uh, uh, to support what Lila said, and that's that uh, journalism is changing, but don't be misled. It's changing for the better. It's going back to a place where local was king uh, in a better way. Uh, that the work with the documentaries is a way to get at what people who actually uh, live and work in the community care about. Uh, in the last, I don't know, many, many years, maybe 50, maybe 100, the focus was on what people in power told us was necessary. Now we're, Lila is asking, and we are too, 
what, uh, what is the information that people care about uh, who, who, have to, who don't have power uh, and who yet are, uh, should be paying, uh, the, the people in power should be paying attention to? Yes. Now, uh, your question of me was, what's different? Um, the, the Marshall Project, which is um, named uh, after Thurgood Marshall, uh, uh, who was a titan of, 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 of a jurist and lawyer, uh, who believed in equality uh, and justice in, in the best sense of the word. And the Marshall Project is a nationally um, uh, well-known, uh, based in New York. Uh, uh, it does investigative journalism, uh, something that we're seeing less of as well. Uh, the, that's the focus. We're not in it doing daily, daily stories. We will leave that to others. Uh, we will try to work with them to, to get into more depth. Here in uh, Cleveland, uh, we'll have a very small team. And as uh, uh, Rick just said, it's the, the first local team of the Marshall Project. And I think it's going to be, it's the first. It's not going to be the only. Um, and our job will be to look at the criminal justice system in Cleveland and Cuyahoga County and uh, report it in ways uh, that haven't generally been reported before very often. The, uh, the, the effort started last year with a project called Testify that looked very closely at the county Cuyahoga County uh, justice system, and we're going to keep doing that and, and broaden it out to the range of, uh, uh, of full range of, of the criminal justice system, from the, 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 the courts and down to the police, down to uh, the prisons. I like that you pointed out it won't be daily coverage. You're not chasing news releases. How long do you plan to give your team time to dig into these stories? Do we not hear from you for a week at a time, two weeks at a time? It'll, it'll depend. It'll depend on the story. Uh, we have, I, I said, a small team. Uh, we have an editor and um, three uh, full-time uh, journal journalists and one uh, not-so-full-time journalist. We're sharing with the AG, AJP project. Uh, and. And obviously, I mean, sometimes investigations take months. Uh, and sometimes they can be done in three days. Uh, and so it's going to vary. Uh, and uh, we're a little bit anxious right now uh, to uh, uh, get rolling in the next few weeks. When you talk about the idea of justice, does that extend to uncovering crimes that maybe hadn't been solved or didn't get a lot of investigation by police? Are you trying to leave law enforcement to their own side of the line? Well, I would say that if there are reasons uh, that the criminal justice system has failed and therefore not solved crimes, that's, we will follow that. Uh, but, you know, our job, uh, we don't see our job as covering crime. There are uh, a lot of folks who, who do that and can do that, and uh, we want to uh, be a, a different kind of resource for people. 
Lido, you mentioned that you would have reporter beats out there. You talked about what Lawrence would be doing. I know at Ideas from Public Media, we just created a beat for telling the story of marginalized people, for instance. What kind of beats that aren't traditional, sports, weather, economics, health, what are you going to give us? So we have 10 job postings open right now. Um, I think six of those are for beat reporters. And they are, when you look at the, the titles, it is government, it is education, it is economics. But the opportunity is for the reporters to come in and begin to mold those beats, again, really focused on what is the relevant news and information that doesn't currently exist in the ecosystem, and what is really where we need to start our reporting. So a lot of the work that we're gonna do in this newsroom is gonna start with explainers. It's gonna start with news and information that kind of explains the process. Maybe it's explaining voting, maybe it's explaining um, school choice. Um, so the reporters are gonna be able to mold it so that even though it may look like a traditional beat, education for example, they're gonna be able to mold it so that it's in service to communities. You've both mentioned collaboration. We talked about the idea that land would be a part of who you work with. You've both talked about the idea of working with IdeaStream and some of the other nonprofits that are popping up, smaller but, but essential. How important is it when you say journalism's changing for the better, how is it important that we all do row in the same direction? You know, we, I came out of a culture, uh, I like to tell the story of a, of a former boss of mine, uh, talking about the JOA, Joint Operating Agreement, when I worked in Detroit, that we were, uh, uh, there was talk that we might go into a joint operating agreement, which ultimately did happen, by the way. Uh, but uh, my former boss, a guy named, uh, managing editor named Neil Shine said, I'm not for JOA, I'm for DOA. In other words, we wanted to kill the other newspapers. <laughs> that was fun, <laughs> but, it was not a good thing uh, in terms of gathering information. I mean, it, it worked uh, well enough, but uh, it wouldn't work in these times. And I came to the point of view that uh, if we were gonna have great public service journalism, we had to get together to do it. And, and I feel good about the fact that we're gonna have a partnership here. And I also feel good that we're gonna have other partnerships in the community that uh, there should be no, uh, we have the same interests at, at heart. And uh, when we uh, produce something, we're gonna go through other local uh, and national organizations uh, in addition to have our own place online. You mentioned that the Marshall Project, nationwide of course, is setting its first local newsroom here. Why Cleveland? What's special about us? What's in the journalism blood here that made this logical? Well, I think there are two things to consider. One is that uh, uh, maybe, maybe uh, Cleveland isn't special, or at least not special in the sense that it is so different than every place else. It's a good place to start because the problems of the Cleveland justice system, and I believe there are problems, I think are problems that uh, you would find in most uh, big cities, medium-sized cities across the country. And I think that what Cleveland is, is the laboratory to see if we can do this right. That it, it, it's to see if it can be moved elsewhere, used elsewhere. Um, so 
For those of you who are just walking up, Lila Mills, Jim Crutchfield, editors of new organizations, new nonprofit newsrooms that are coming into the area. Lila, I wonder when you talk about being Ohio-wide, are there other places that are doing something where you can look and say, there's an idea to follow or there's an idea not to follow? Oh, sure. I mean, one of the opportunities we have here is to, to discard the bad and, and to, to learn from the good and to try out um, our own ideas that we think are, are, are innovative. Um, and I think I will be focused on Cleveland, but I think there are other people doing this work who are looking statewide and looking for those innovative ways that people are working mm -hmm. and thinking about, um, you know, what are the ways to kind of bring those things together to, to make us stronger as a network, kind of like what Jim is talking about. I mean, today's times require kind of us to be more connected and networked than maybe we would have been in the past. We've been talking about this for months now. Um, is there excitement? What are you hearing from people when they realize what you're about to do? It's a lot of excitement, a lot of expectation. I mean, we have a hard job ahead of us, right, because people are ready for this. Um, you know, early on, a few months back, um, I've had a lot, of, a lot of residents in Greater Cleveland reach out to me and talk to me about the news that they think is relevant, talk, talk about some of their frustrations. Um, with news and information. So we, ha we have a lot of work to do, but people are excited. And um, I'm excited because I think we have the opportunity to work in new ways and to build this new team. And the people that we um, have hired so far are just excellent. And the work that we're going to do is, is going to be a lot of fun. I'm glad you brought that point out. I was thinking back to when you guys were guests on The Sound of Ideas. A caller talked about what she doesn't want you to be rather than what she wanted you to be. She criticized the left and the right sides of journalism as being too politicized. I imagine you still don't want to duplicate what the CNN, MSN, and Foxes are, are doing. You want to be unique for something that we don't have in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult because what we're talking about doing doesn't yet exist. So it's going to be hard for people to, um, to know what it is until we really get going. But I think it really speaks to that idea. And I think a lot of people are talking about this. There was just an article recently about you know, a journalist who said, you know, I'm not watching the news. So I think there is this, this thing that's out there that people are talking about, about you know, the news being kind of a downer. Or you know, like I said before, some uh, greater Cleveland residents saying it doesn't feel authentic to me, or it, it portrays a false narrative of my community. Um, so you know, we think we have a way to kind of get at that and produce something that feels more authentic and relevant. But I also think you're right. I mean, we, we are journalists, and we are going to do this journalistically um, by being open to, to different perspectives. Jim, how do we get people to care? I think that when we talk about criminal justice, I think we all care because we have an interest in it. I think that uh, we want justice to be fair. I mean, we want it to be justice, and 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 so um, I think the founder of the Marshall Project um, made the point when he did this that it's the one of the few things that both sides of the political spectrum can agree is important. Both Republicans and Democrats can agree that we need to improve the criminal justice system uh, because. And, and many of us think, well, it doesn't affect me. I don't, I'm not incarcerated. I don't know anybody who's incarcerated. I don't know anybody who I think will be incarcerated. But uh, we're all um, living in the society in which 
we have to deal with the problems, both in the streets and in the institutions. Not so much institutions, but what happens to put people in those institutions. We all have reasons to, to care for ourselves. And I believe self-interest is a big driver. And I think anybody uh, who is interested in the good of the community or in them, themselves have to care about community. We've not talked about money. This is not a small venture to start something like this. Lila, I'll go to you first. Is a philanthropic model sustainable? Well, I think there's, I think one of the reasons you asked before why Cleveland is I think philanthropy in Cleveland is very much interested in investigating this idea. What does this industry need to be more sustainable? And really recognizing that as we lose media, um, it has a damaging effect on the resilience and um, the connectedness in the community overall. So, yes, I think it's sustainable, but I also think that, you know, we're looking to um, rely less on philanthropy over the years and to come up with different revenue streams. You'll see us um, try some of those out in the next year around membership and other models. But I think the short answer to your question is yes, I think it is. I was going to say... Um Rick's a good, uh, a good reporter. He, he went right where I was thinking we should go next, and that is to philanthropy. And one of the, the question earlier was why Cleveland? And one of the reasons why Cleveland is that the philanthropic community asked for it and asked for what it could do to try to improve uh, this, this journalism, journalism in, in, in Cleveland. And, and I think that philanthropy has a place and will long have a place, but Lila's point that uh, philanthropy al alone will not keep this journalism going. It, it needs, it, the journalists need to respond to your needs and you need to respond to what you uh, see, read, hear, uh, so that people understand, uh, first of all, that, that there, there is a need for general contribution to this effort. It's a public service and that we all need to uh, participate in it. And we need to participate as a community so that the philanthropic community will stay with us. We're just a couple of minutes away from audience questions. You can start the queue up by the microphone if you'd like. You know, I, I asked earlier what the response was for Lila when she talks about what's going on. What's been a response like for you when you tell people at cocktail parties or city club meetings or wherever, this is what we're about to create? I haven't heard a bad word yet. Uh, and, and I think it's, 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 it's welcome and, and, and excitement that there is a, um, there's an understanding that there is a need for A, more journalism in the community, and B, a focus on criminal justice, so something that's, that uh, people understand, at least in a, a theoretical way, is very, very important to their lives. What scares you? <laughs> what scares me? I don't scare that easily. Uh, uh, I, you know, I want to do this right. And it's, it's new. It's, it's new to this community. It's new to, it's new to me, frankly, because I'm a very traditional, I have a very traditional background in journalism, although I was something of a maverick in, in that world. Uh, and it, you know, uh, I don't want to screw it up. Lila chuckled like I wasn't going to ask her. What scares you? I think 
the opportunity is huge and I think we want to do it right. I think being able to build something from the ground up is such a beautiful, unique opportunity and also is scary because you don't, as Jim said, you don't want to screw it up. Take a breath. We're about to begin the audience Q&A. Again, I'm Rick Jackson, senior host and producer at IdeaStream Public Media. We are enjoying what is the fourth and final forum in this year's City Club and Public Square series, talking with some of our region's new leadership this year. We're joined today by Jim Crutchfield, editor-in-chief at The Marshall Project, and Lila Mills, editor-in-chief at the Ohio Local News Initiative, though she promises us a new name. We welcome questions from everybody, City Club members, guests, students, those joining us via live stream at cityclub.org. If you'd like to tweet a question, please tweet it to at the City Club. You can also text those, 330-541-5794. Again, 330-541-5794. The City Club staff will try and work it into the program. May we have the first question, please? Go ahead. Hello. Um, this is a text question that we have. How can we address the challenge of bringing written news to a city with a very low rate of functional literacy? Great question. Great question. So one of the things, the question was about uh, a low rate of literacy in our county. And I think that's one of the reasons why we talk about determining the format of the news um, by the story. So we definitely, one of the job postings we have open now is for a multimedia producer. We definitely, you know, everything we produce will not be text-based. I mean, it will be um, video, audio. We think we can do some interesting things. Texting by phone, social media will also be a huge component of it. And I think this is kind of one of the learnings in journalism overall, is we really need to think about making sure we're connecting with people in the community to learn how best they receive information. And that's kind of one of the things we'll really be working on. How best did, would they, you, this story work for you to receive it and for you to be able to share it with your community? To follow that, um, you mentioned education. Do you have a working relationship or will you have a working relationship with the larger school systems in the area, with the community college, et cetera? Not yet, but one of the things we're really interested in is figuring out how do you work with young people. And we've talked about working with young people um, high school age people because we think they have a lot of energy. Um, we've talked about it with the documenters work and, and I think that's something we'll be able to make happen. Do you want student journalists? Absolutely. Absolutely. You're in a different plane. You probably don't need student journalists because of the research, the time involved in the stories that you would do. Uh, well, I wouldn't say we don't need student journalists. I would say that uh, uh, the student, the journalism students that we will use are likely to be uh, further along in journalism. Uh, I suspect that we'll have some connections with the journalism schools in the area. Uh, but one of the reasons why uh, we uh, see ourselves as partners to um, other news organizations is because of the, I mean, uh, what uh, Lila talked about is, is a way, one way we expect to get um, Marshall Project's uh, stories to to a broader uh, community. Uh, we also are going to do uh, absolutely audio uh, versions uh, and online versions uh, that include video. And I would think uh, broad, uh, uh, traditional broadcast media as well. Next question. No other question. Okay. Um, you guys talked a lot about collaboration. 
Are you also competitors? <laughs> My answer is no. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're, we're in this, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, uh, uh, I believe uh, that we are um, partners. We don't want to repeat what uh, others are doing. We want to add to what, uh, what's being done. We, we just announced this morning that we're co-funding the hiring of an editor's position that Rachel DeSalle will fill, and I think that's, uh, woo, um, that's how we want to work together. Okay, excellent. I, I'll add one other key thing, which is that we also are really interested in pipeline building. So when I talk about working with high school students, we really see that as part of a larger pipeline that's going to generate um, really more nuanced stories over the long haul not just for our newsroom, but for others as well. And so that's something else that we're really interested in working with and collaborating with others on so that we can continue to build that pipeline. Thank you. Go ahead, next question. Hi, um, this is for both of you, uh, particularly Lila though. How do you plan to cover the city of Cleveland government, um, especially as it's going through a transition from a former administration that was particularly um, not as open to uh, media, local media in particular, to an organization that has a more transparent approach um, to how it interacts with the community, but which has an approach that's a lot more um, strategic in its delivery to the community than the past administration. Thank you. Thank you. So one of the ways that we're unique in this newsroom is that we're building it around the Cleveland Documenters community. So this is that project um, that Rick mentioned that we launched in 2020 in which we train and pay greater Clevelanders to document public meetings or to do other um, special assignments, interviewing assignments, survey assignments. JT, who's right at the front here doing video, is a documenter. Um, so we pay and train documenters to cover Cleveland city government. They do other meetings as well, but we've made a commitment in these first two years to try to hit every Cleveland city council and committee meeting um, with documenters covering that. So that's one of the ways that we wanna be present in those rooms and then adding in this government beat reporter or in the other beat reporters that those positions we have open now, they'll be able to take the work of documenters and, and pull out of it relevant stories and information. So I hope that answers your question. On your website, you um, list some of the jobs. It says, needs knowledge of open records law. Yes. How important is it that you want people who are researchers? Well, I think we want people that are comfortable with records. And actually, um, you know, we did this project in, in partnership with the Northeast Ohio Solutions Journalism around a text-based open records course. Anybody could take it to figure out how to get open records. So this is part of what we call democratizing journalism. So taking kind of these practices that maybe 20 years ago, we really existed internally in a newsroom and kind of pushing and training them out into the community. Jim, did you want a piece of the Cleveland question? Yeah, uh, you know, I think every administration that comes into uh, office uh, at every level starts out saying it wants to be open, and, and gradually they tend to close up. Uh, I think one of the things that's different here uh, is that we're talking about issues 
that are to be covered that are of interest to the people who uh, people in public office care the most about the public. And I think as they as as they find that um, uh, their voters tend to want uh, certain kinds of information, there I hope there will there will. Uh, be an understanding of, of the need to to respond to that uh, because come election time you want to be able to um, uh, tell those people why they should vote for you again. Knowledge is power. Yes, sir. Uh, good afternoon. Earlier this year, uh, Mayor Bibb and City Council voted to expunge over 4,000 records of people who had marijuana convictions in the city, which was phenomenal for people here to have that relief. There's 11, or with the judges that are available in municipal court, if each of them were to take one case each day, it would take about 10 months from this past April to expunge all those cases. How can we as journalists track and even expedite that process to ensure people live truly free? Thank you. I don't have a specific answer for that. Maybe Lila does, but... Uh, we, uh, it's something that, that certainly we will be exploring. How, I mean, because uh, it's not just marijuana cases that, that where we need to look at uh, how people, how to help people lead their lives and be greater contributing citizens as they go forward. I think that's one of those pieces, that pieces of journalistic work that ends up being kind of a tool for the community that we will be able to produce or could produce with um, the support of Cleveland Documenters. So earlier um, this year, Cleveland Documenters received a we received a public records request, all in PDF format, and a team of documenters took that information, entered it into a database that was then able to be searchable and usable. So when I hear you talk about that, I'm immediately thinking about, okay, what could happen if you kind of crowdsource that? If you got a whole a team of folks on that to kind of turn those things into a database that could be searchable every day. So, you know, somebody could wake up and search and see where this case stands in the process. That's the kind of stuff that I think is going to be our bread and butter in this newsroom. I think it's where the journalists that we're bringing on and where the Cleveland documenters have a lot of energy. How do we build tools that are useful like that, that are searchable and useful for folks every day? Thank you. Next up. How you doing? Um, my name is Isaac Rogers. Uh, I'm a producer, um, a filmmaker, um, you know, trying to get some movies on Netflix and whatnot. But my question is this. Me and my brother are street performers also. We love to play on the streets, like, like with our drums and whatnot, right? But people, certain people keep kicking us out, like telling us to leave and stuff like that. But we're trying to make money, you know what I'm saying? So we can do what we can for the community. How can y'all help us make money? Because they Ask said you. something about apartment or something, but we're we're trying to, you know what I'm saying? We're drumming every day. We're not yeah. here, we're not out here like bums. I mean, no, it's all love. But there's bums out here just laying out here doing nothing, asking for change. We're out here yeah. practicing. We're practicing. We're practicing. Got, gotcha, Isaac. Let me let me expand the question. Artists. Uh, artists need a lot of help from the community. Is that something you're gonna be looking into, trying to figure out how do we help? Our artists. I know it's not a criminal justice question, but it is a neighborhood question. So we've actually had a lot of people reach out to us over the last few months and ask about artists. The Cleveland artist community has a lot of questions. 
We actually don't have uh, the positions open right now for an arts uh, reporter, but that's been something people have asked us about. The other thing that came up recently that we had someone ask us about is permitting. Well, how do, what's the process? What does it take to get a permit in Cleveland? The, we were, they were specifically talking about permits to close streets for block clubs, but the permitting process in general. That is something also in this newsroom that is the type of work that we'll be looking to do, kind of explaining a process and highlighting maybe where that process becomes kind of burdensome for people. So if you're trying to perform and you've got this long process to get this permit, what's the process? How does it work? How long would it take you to go from application to actually being able to be doing the work you want to do? So kind of two-pronged two answer there. Rick is, is right. That's not really a criminal justice question as, as, as we think of criminal justice. Uh, but, you know, what he also saw was my wheels spinning uh, in my head about how could it be a criminal justice uh, issue. Uh, I'm not sure yet, uh, but I'm thinking that, uh, that certainly in presentation, uh, there are ways to use artists. I'm a... I'm not an artist, but I'm... Who do we talk to? Who do we talk to to get things together? You can, like, you can talk to me, but I don't... You can talk to me. And Nina Turner? Do y'all know who Nina Turner is? Yeah. After the show, you can talk with Jim. Okay, thank you. Thank you, though. That's good. Hi, my name is Kenneth Woods. I come from Shaw High School's marching band, speaking under Don Sean Wilson. I'm a street performer. I play bucket drums. And I take pride in my drums. With this question being said is, how do I go about getting us black folk allowed to perform in Pinecrest, um, Crocker Park, places like that, these private properties, when they love us, they love us playing. They, they get out there, they give us money for it, we don't ask for it, we don't ask for money so at you're all. Back, we do you're it back for to the permitting idea? It's the fact that the city says that it's panhandling, but it's not. Mm -hmm. This is a gift given to us, and we have to show the community that they could be themselves, so that can, they could be somebody. And you're talking specifically about city of Cleveland. Well, I've been to Minnesota, lately Chicago and New Jersey, and I bucket drum, and they don't stop me from doing okay. things in the public. But here in my city, I have a problem with the people, like the police, they, they pull up and they tell us that our First Amendment right doesn't mean anything to them. And what I'm talking about doesn't mean anything to them because I'm 21 years old and I, the only thing I know how to do is drum. And so, drumming is my talent and my gift and it was given to me from the man above. So I, I really do think you have a worthy public comment for city council. So when city council, when Cleveland city council meets, they have public comment, they just started doing it. So that's a way in which you could go to a microphone and say exactly what you just said to us, to city officials who are really in a position to change that permitting process. But I'm also curious, what is the process and, and how long it might take you to go through it? Thank you. Thank you for that. Oh, okay, and, and you can connect with JT because JT can talk to you about that process. You need vendor's license. They, the city of Cleveland put together entertainment and vendor license. So once you get the vendor license, you'll be going all around the country. Thank you for that. Next question. Thank, 
Thanks, JT. This next question says, with so many newsrooms closing, why do you have optimism that all the new, the new ini oh my gosh, initiatives popping up in Cleveland will succeed? Well, I think what's happened is that the industry has gotten, the journalism industry has gotten under fire enough that the community in general has taken um, taken note of it. And so like Jim and I were talking about earlier with philanthropy in town re being really interested in exploring this idea, that um, that's why you know these two newsrooms exist right now in Cleveland. So I think that we've gotten to a point where news and information and the, the industry as a whole has become relevant and interesting to people who aren't just working in it and that we know that the impact that it has is community-wide and um, there are a lot of people at the table trying to figure this out. And I think a lot of people from a really diverse kind of different backgrounds and perspectives, and that's what gives me a lot of hope and energy around it. There, you know, uh, news has to be of value. And if it's not of value, it will dry up. And in fact, that's uh, to a great extent what has happened uh, to other forms of news uh, in these past uh, several years. Uh, what, um, what excites me is that we are, uh, we are responding to that, to that challenge with information that we believe that people uh, need and want, which uh, in turn will encourage others to um, continue to allow this to happen. You were both in big newspapers which means public service, but also means turning a profit for somebody. Is it different now? Do you have a freedom now because you aren't beholden to some stockholder, oh, yeah. somebody living in DC? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have a runway here to try this out and to experiment and we have, um, you know, the support of funding right now to be able to try these things in new ways. And, and that's a lot of where the energy comes from for me and I think for the team overall. Um, is the opportunity to build this out without having to be kind of um, uh, tied to maybe old models that, that don't feel, feel as flexible. I believe every word that Lila just said, but I also believe that business is business and we have to yeah. run these organizations well and be responsive to all of you or we will dry up and go away too. We talked about earlier how long we can sustain it under the model. Do you have a projection for where you want to be in three years, five years, ten years? Um, I haven't looked that far. <laughs> uh, uh, we want to. We want in 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 three years. Um, but you know, there's a in three years we want to be so important to this community that. Uh, you won't want us to go away. You won't let us go away. Uh, you will encourage the, our funders and your neighbors to contribute to keeping this going. Uh, I don't know that we'll be bigger, but we probably will if we do it right. I would say the same. I think we want to grow. I mean, I talked a little bit about the arts reporter. I think there's a lot of energy 
in the community around that. I think there are other things that we'd love to be able to grow and do in three years. I think this initiative overall is going to grow around the state, and that as well is going to make us kind of more resilient because we'll be able to connect with these other newsrooms. Um, and then I have a, a huge hope, but this is actually just in year one and year two, that we'll get a lot of great feedback and connection with the community and build these kind of ties um, even broader than we have now that are going to be really exciting. One more measurement of how, we, how we'll do, uh, how we're doing if we succeed in Cleveland is uh, will you see other uh, Marshall Project local uh, organizations around the country? Uh, in places like St. Louis and Kansas City and, and, and elsewhere. You're not just a gamble, you're a model. We hope so. Okay. Next, please. Hi, um, I'm a student at Cleveland Marshall College of Law. Step up a little. Oh, sorry. I'm a law student at Cleveland Marshall College of Law, and I was wondering with the Marshall Project coming in, if you have any plans or commitments to cover the youth and the juvenile system here and the youth who have been transferred over to the adult system, I think unfortunately it's sometimes easy for them to get forgotten about, so I was just wondering if you had any plans to cover that. I didn't quite hear the second half of the question. He didn't hear the second half of the question? Um, basically, if you have any plans to um, cover the youth in the juvenile system and then youth who have been transferred over to the adult system. Well, absolutely yes. Uh, the juvenile system is a very important part of the criminal justice system. If we get it wrong there, it affects the rest of the system and the rest of the community. If we get it right, it affects the rest of the, country, uh, rest of the city and the rest of the system uh, in a different, better way. I thought where you're going is to uh, ask us if there was any connection to the uh, uh, Marshall College of Law in terms of not in name but in in in, uh, in resource and uh, we started that conversation and I expect that we will be in some ways uh, working with uh, the College of Law at uh, Cleveland State. Thank you. This morning on the Sound of Ideas, we were talking about the social determinants of jobs, people having difficulties in keeping jobs, um, getting a raise and losing benefits. Are those the kinds of ground roots stories you want to dig up from people? Are, are you going to be open to people coming in and saying, I, I got a problem I need somebody bigger than me to solve? I mean, I actually, yes, is the short answer to that. But I actually think the question we just got around permitting is the kind of basic news and information that we can build work around. Um, I don't think that's a unique kind of one-off question. I think people, especially as, you know, the documenters work, we call it a civic side hustle. We say, you know, people are out and they're driving Lyft or they're driving for DoorDash. They can also earn income through the documenters work and build their civic muscle at the same time. And so I think this is what people are living. And I think those are the types of questions that, yeah, we want to get into. Thanks. Next. Do you have any innovations in fundraising for nonprofit journalism? Innovations in nonprofit fundraising. Innovations in funding non for nonprofit fundraising. Yeah. For oh. Um, we're gonna try some. <laughs> <laughs> I think she wants details. <laughs> I mean, right now we're really focused on the idea of a membership model, and you'll see us begin to build that out as we launch. And we're our goal is to launch in October. Um, 
and, and I think you'll see that coming out. You'll see us coming out with newsletters and other things that are, are our effort to begin to, to build trust and connection with the community um, and get to a place where you know, there's some type of unique, unique um, membership model that we can work from. I think Lala has answered the question for us as well, but I, I, let me add one more thing about why the Marshall Project start, started here. Um, there was the, the first major funder of the Marshall Pro Project went to school at Oberlin, and, uh, and he, there is a connection here to folks uh, who care about journalism uh, and care about uh, about their connections to him and, and his associates from Oberlin, and that's been helpful to us. I just want to say, I left that part out, that uh, there, is, there is not just the traditional foundations, but there are people here who are committed to the idea that criminal justice can be done better. You mentioned funders, what amounts to underwriters. Do you have a deep divide between who's contributing and who's doing the work and never those twain shall meet? Oh, I'm not afraid to talk to anybody, but uh, uh, there is a, a real understanding that uh, you don't buy influence in the organization if you contribute. Same, same as well. I mean, a lot of that traditional divide between business and editorial will be respected, and it, okay. it's important. Thank you. Yes, sir. I think everybody here believes in everything you said, so the one thing that is missing, however, is I think it would be great to, for both of you to say, where can everybody contribute? I'm just asking you for a commercial, so. <laughs> so right now our website is localnewsforohio.org. We are, as we're going through the naming process as well, building a new, new website, so there will be a new name. But that's the place definitely to go to, to find out how to connect with us. Uh, we are themarshallproject.org, and uh, it, it, you can also connect there to contribute. Uh, I would uh, prefer that you encourage uh, uh, the Marshall Project to apply that contribution to Cleveland. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're glad to take, receive your support, no matter what you want to give it to in terms of the Marshall Project. And we will leave it there. Jim Crutchfield, Lila Mills, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. We are in Public Square in downtown Cleveland. This has been the final forum in the City Club Public Square series. Again, we just heard from Jim Crutchfield, Editor-in-Chief at the Marshall Project, Lila Mills, Editor-in-Chief at the Ohio Local News Initiative. Support for City Club and Public Square comes from RPM and Thompson Hine. The City Club and the Community Series is also made possible by the Bank of America. The City Club appreciates their partnership and their very generous support. Up next, Friday, July 22nd, we'll be back at the City Club to hear from Bashara Addison, Joe Rizika, and Renee Timberlake, one of whom was on the show with me this morning, talking about what it takes for workers to thrive in the workforce. Talanji Thomas with Jumpstart will also be moderating that conversation. And just announced for next week, again, Dr. Jody Berg, former president and CEO of Vitamix, will be joining the City Club on the 29th. She'll talk about her tenure at Vitamix and what is next for Northeast Ohio's iconic brand. You can learn more about these and other forums at cityclub.org. That brings us to the end of today's forum. Thank you, Lila and Jim. Thank you, members and friends of the City Club. I'm Rick Jackson. This forum is now adjourned. <laughs>